Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Uh, There's Marshawn Lynch giving out turkeys. I love it. And just kind of like, who wants a turkey? Somebody want a turkey? I got a turkey. Hey, here's a turkey. He's going car to car. I love this guy. Car to car, giving out turkeys. Man. That's what Marshawn Lynch does. It is. Hey, you want a turkey? Anybody need a turkey? I got a turkey for you right here. There you go. There's your turkey. It's awesome. It's a shame he's not playing this year. Hey, and who knows? Maybe he will be before the end of the season. He still looks right? like it. Holy cow. Maybe, maybe, maybe if built. the Ravens had a few more days for this week's game, they would have given him a phone call. But uh, you never know when he's going to come back. He did come back late last year with the, the Seattle Seahawks. So good for him, and that's a, that's a neat way to do it. Uh, you don't need to go anywhere and line up. Just drive by, and he's going to carry it right to your car. All right, I, we have a Twitter poll, too, on turkey versus ham. Yeah, Although, where are we at? It, it, it's, it's, it should say turkey or ham for thanksgiving chris what are you doing multitasking putting up a poll i wasn't doesn't make sense. no i, I was should, no that's your name that's your blue check mark <laughs> it's right. your tweet you're right thanksgiving turkey christmas ham turkey is winning yeah because it's a day before thanksgiving we do it again a month from now and ham is going to get right. turkey's let's, ass let's remember that let's remember and do that that would be a good psychology experiment i like that okay I, I, let's let's right. do that i'll see you on christmas day i'll see you on christmas day for the show no we do it christmas the 23rd day? i'll do it the day before right. christmas eve maybe right. I'll, I'll do the show but not on christmas absolutely not <laughs> Well, since the 23rd is a Wednesday, we probably will be looking at the latest batch of power rankings that day coming up in just about four weeks. For today, it's week 12's power rankings, and we've done it like we have been over the past few weeks, where we put it out for your questions, and those questions help frame the discussion. But before we get to the questions, Chris, some, some significant moves because a lot of the teams that were positioned in the top 10 lost the bills bump up four spots simply because everyone in front of them lost this week right the bills climb as high as anyone other than the rams simply by not playing because the dolphins and the cardinals and the ravens and the buccaneers all lost i i i mean it's amazing um i remember last week just going through social media when you left up your power rankings and there was a few you know gentlemen who made comments like you know, there is no upper class this year. or There's no legit, you know, upper class where it just seems like, you know, the Steelers and Chiefs have kind of been in their own little category. And we've had the Bucks flirt and the Seattle Seahawks flirt with it. And, you know, they're still there on the edge. And, of course, the New Orleans Saints, who have now seemed to have joined that group, at least in my opinion, with the amount of games they've won in a row, the way it looks, the way their defense is playing. But, yeah, it, it does seem... You know, that I don't even know, upper middle class is very interchangeable this year. And uh, it is a small group of, of real dominant teams, if there is even really a dominant team this year. 
You know, in hindsight, maybe I should have made the Rams four and the Bills five. I, I mean, the last time we yeah. saw the Bills, they lost. Right. But the Rams only won by three points. If it had been a more dominating win, if that fumble by Tom Brady had been called a fumble, as it should have been, and the Rams had gone up by 14 and had won by 10 or 14 points, maybe they would have been at number four. Maybe I should have put them at number four. But I agree with you. That was right. probably the first thing I jumped. I mean, you, you're probably going yep. back to like, hey, the Bills did beat the Rams head-to-head. You know, yes. but at the same Thank time, you. yeah, the Rams have played good football lately. And and you're right. The last time we saw the Bills, they lost that same weekend. The Rams, you know, convincingly beat the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, then go on the road and beat Tampa, who we thought, you know, got back on the right track after their loss of the Saints. So, yeah, I probably would have put uh, the Rams ahead of the, the Bills, but it's not like egregious or crazy by any stretch of the imagination. Steelers are number one for the fifth week in a row, unbeaten at 10-0, and 0, the 18th team in the Super Bowl era to pull that off. Shield 1991 asks, what does Pittsburgh have to do to get the respect that a 10-0 and 0 team deserves? Chris, what do they have to do? Well, I, I mean, I think you've hit on it a lot. You know, first off, how, how about not need luck to beat the Dallas Cowboys, okay? I mean, the, you know, it's games like that. You know, I, I Pittsburgh... I know they have not gotten the respect they quite deserve. There's no doubt for a 10-0 football team. But you mentioned it and laid it out yesterday. It's not nearly as dominant as we've seen other teams go 10-0 in the past. You know, yeah, there was it, – it, it's, hey, Lamar Jackson had the ball on the four-yard line on a fourth and one, a chance to win the game. You know, the Tennessee Titans, that game, the way it looked, of course. And then, yeah – you know, the Cowboys, some of the underwhelming Houston and Denver games early in the year. So I think all of that, you know, let the Philadelphia Eagles have a chance to win the game and tie it at the very end to do those things. I think that's why it's not as like, hey, we got a team that might be able to go 10-0. and Hey, they're getting it done. We like it. It's awesome. I hear you. You know, most people are getting on me because they're like, wait, last year – the, the 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 Steelers went eight and eight with you know backup quarterbacks. Big Ben should be a top ten quarterback because they're undefeated now. Listen, if they just had capable backups last year, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean the the playoffs. They didn't. Even, those weren't backups last year. That's what I want to tell Pittsburgh. That's where it's like Big Ben's awesome, but last year you had third and fourth and fifth stringers playing quarterback. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say it. So yeah. It looks a lot better this year, certainly with Big Ben, but they didn't need a whole lot on the offensive side of the ball to get them over the hump hump there. Uh, But I think that's the reason, Mike. I think you've been all over it all along. And I think one thing the Steelers have to do is beat the Chiefs. It's not their fault the Chiefs aren't on the schedule during the regular season, but that is going to continue to linger until the Steelers beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Even if they win every game between now and then, the Steelers won't be regarded as the best team in football. And won't it be strange if the Steelers are 16-0, and actually 17-0, and meeting the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And an underdog? And underdogs. They could and be. And underdogs at home. Yeah. Two-point underdogs at home to the Chiefs. That's what it's going to be. Maybe it, two and a half. It, it could be. Now, we know the Steelers, their schedule um, – is you know a little easier. I don't know if it's easier or not. Kansas City with still has the Bucks and the Saints and the Miami Dolphins on their schedule. That'll that'll be work. There's no doubt about that. Pittsburgh, we know it's Baltimore this week, uh, Buffalo in a few weeks, the Colts after that. Those are the teams you look at to go. Can they upset their party a little bit? You know, I mean, yeah, I'm not putting the Ravens out of contention tomorrow night. I don't care. They're desperate. You know, we see the Bills, they're they're up there in your power rankings, and the Colts are damn good, too. So uh, I would bet that they don't go undefeated. We see them slip off somewhere here. But it's still, nonetheless, I'm not trying to disrespect the Steelers. I'm very impressed, and, man, I root for them. You know, I've been a Big Ben uh, defender, and you know I've always defended Mike Tomlin. So uh, there, there's really a part of me that, that likes the Steelers and roots for them. The 1972 Dolphins, the only undefeated team in the Super Bowl era, 17-0. and They were actually slight underdogs in Super Bowl Seven. And when you go back and look were week they by really? week. At the, yes, to wow. Washington. They were slight underdogs. They won 14-7. to Should have been a shutout, but for Garo Upremian. But, uh, but one of the all-time great NFL highlights. It was worth it. They still won, and they got one of the all-time great highlights as Upremian tries to throw a pass and throws the ball up in the air. Ken Bass grabs it, scores a touchdown, only points of the day for Washington. 
But if you go back and look at their season week by week, the Dolphins had plenty of close games. They had some blowouts, too, yeah. but they had plenty of close games. It tracks what the Steelers are doing a lot more than the 2007 Patriots, who just blew out everyone, especially early on, until we got to those last few games, and every team was giving them their best shot. And that's what the Steelers are going to be facing, Chris. Points bet has the Steelers at plus 500 to go undefeated. I would not take that bet. Because when it's the Bills coming up in a couple of weeks on a Sunday night, which is going to be an awesome game, when it's the Colts on December 27 in Pittsburgh, those two games, the teams are going to be bringing everything they have to beat the Steelers. And I just can't imagine them checking off each of the next six boxes, which probably means they will but it's not like they have a cakewalk the rest of the way. No, definitely not. And we've seen them, like we've already talked about, struggle with some teams that were were clearly less than. Now, I don't know, maybe the last two weeks, you know, the way they handled the Bengals, the way they handled Jacksonville starts to formulate into something like where, hey, I think we got our – we found our way on the offensive side. And, you know, the defense, of course, still playing at a high level to maybe where they start to dominate teams here more. Um it's very impressive. I understand their fans being, you know, being or having the feeling of being disrespected. But I think you hit it right where, you know, again, not even though all the 10 and 0 teams, whether it was all the Peyton Manning teams that we saw 8 and 9 and 0 and the Tom Brady teams and all of that, you know, back to my dad's era, his 90 team and Joe Montana and the 49ers and those 90 teams. You know, yeah, I just usually when you see 10 and 0 there's six or seven games where you go, they dominated that game through and through. Yeah, they won by 14 or only won by 10, but it was domination. And then we just haven't seen that all the way with Pittsburgh. We've had moments of going, man, what the hell? Why are they letting this team hang around? Whoa, they might lose this to this team? Oh, they made a play to win it. Wow, oh, okay, awesome. So that's where I think it's a, a little different than, than most years. And that plays into their hands, too. You don't get big-headed, and you continue to have a chip on your shoulder because you feel like people aren't respecting what you've accomplished, so you just keep accomplishing it more and more. Chiefs are still at number two. King Boss 261 wants to know how the defense can improve. And, Chris, against the Raiders, 71 points surrendered in two games. Surely there's room for improvement on that side of the ball. Well, there definitely is. I mean, that's a team, you know, one that matches up really well with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I, I think that's the big thing. But they their their secondary is, has gotten healthy. You know, that I look at that. Chris Jones, he's been in and out of the lineup here and there. You know, they're not gonna be a dominant, dominant defense. That's you can't have it all. It's really it's impossible this day and age in the NFL with the salary cap and all of that. You know, but they have a coach who's creative. He does the best with the talent he's got available there. I like his formula. It's feast or famine. And they have playmakers. And that's really, listen, we've seen when they need to be tough and play a certain way, they can do it. So I'm not worried about them. We're talking about, I don't care what the stats say, the best offense in football with Mahomes and Reed and those weapons. I, they're, they're, I, you give me an offense, I'm taking them. And then, okay, all we need is respectability out of the defense. And they have more than respectability. You know, again, they slowed down that 49ers run game last year in the Super Bowl. They slowed down Derrick Henry in the AFC Championship game. So they're game plan specific. There's been a few games where they're asleep at the wheel, things like that, but they got players, they're coached well, and I, I'm, I'm not concerned about their unit overall. I'm really not. Three teams from the NFC West are in the top 11 this week. The Rams are the highest at number five. Seahawks creeping up at number eight after beating the Cardinals, who have fallen to number 11 points bet has the odds for the nfc west with the rams and seahawks both plus 110 arizona plus 380 san francisco the long shot at plus 8,000. Honald blake wants to know who's the best team in the nfc west chris who would you pick right now out of those three i, I guess at this second i'd probably give the rams the slight edge you know, they ha- having them, you know, having beat Seattle two weeks ago and then playing that game last week, you know, I-, I would give them the slight edge. I will say this if Seattle can continue to kind of play defense the way they did last week against Kyler Murray, which was to me, you know, um, it was tactically aggressive instead of stupidly aggressive like we had seen where it was just. You know, the weeks of ours, blitz, 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 blitz. Oh, man, they're throwing it by us. Oh, my gosh, the guy broke the first line of the line of scrimmage, and he's gone. All those There was all these issues. 
Last week they played a little bit of like, hey, we're, we're going to blitz, we're going to blitz, and they dropped out, and they dropped out, and they did a great job of containing Kyler Murray and were more creative and had more diversity in their coverages. And then just blitzed when they felt like, hey, this is a situation we got to feel for what they're going to do and all that. I, I liked what I saw out of Seattle, and then we saw the run game really helps them. So I don't know. How do you feel? I'm giving the Rams a slight edge, but like I don't feel real, real comfortable about that. I I, I, I want to see the Rams and Seahawks play One more again. time, I yeah. See, yeah, I want right. to see one more before I decide who right. the best team is. And we're going to see the Rams and the Cardinals play twice not once over the remainder of the season. Yeah. KevDog93 makes a point. Seahawks have a, a more favorable next three games than the Rams before they play again. Does that give Seattle the edge in terms of winning the division? The Seahawks so. have the, the Eagles, Giants, Jets, and Washington. The Rams have the 49ers, Cardinals, Patriots, and Jets. That's scary. It is an easier four-game stretch for the Seahawks, who can get rolling again. Definitely. It really is. I mean, you know, really, you look at any of those games there, and you just go, no, none of those teams should beat the Seattle Seahawks. They should not. Might make it tough, cool, all those things. But the Rams, hey, it's the, it's the there's great familiarity with the Rams having to play the 49ers this week, who are coming off a of bye week, and you know Kyle Shanahan ain't asleep at the wheel, and Robert Sala, and they know how to defend the Rams and 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 attack their defense. So that's scary this week right off the bat. Let alone Arizona and New England the weeks after that. So uh, and then Seattle and Arizona to end the year for the Rams. So they do. I mean, you look at their schedule and you go, wow. You know, four of their last five games are legit, and uh, they're going to have to play good football to at least, you know, come out in a favorable way there through that stretch. And then there is the NFC East. Oh, my with gosh. the Blah. highest rated team. <laughs> Thank you. There'll be some of that going on tomorrow after <laughs> multiple plates of turkey. At number 23 is the Giants, 24 Washington, 26 the Eagles, and 28 bringing up the rear, the team that I think may actually pull its way into the front of the line. It's not a far trip no, to get there. The Cowboys not. at 28. Points bet currently has it this way. Eagles plus 175, Cowboys plus 225, and Washington and the Giants tied at plus 350. Wow. Who do you think the favorite is right now? I, I have a hard time going with Philadelphia. I just think there's more, you know, the, the play on the field's not good. Just the aura and feel around the team, the stress of the city with the way that – I just have a hard time thinking Philly's going to be able to figure this out. I, I don't know you know, why because you, you've said it and it's true. The last few years when they're in these positions, they seem to fight themselves you know, out of it. But the Cowboys, I think, have the most potential. For, you know, They have some difference makers on both sides of the ball. Washington's interesting because of their defense and now the Alex Smith angle of it because he's taking care of the football. They've got a pretty good O-line. Antonio Gibson can really run. And Terry McLaurin's a superstar. You know, we don't talk about him, but he's a superstar that, you know, just on a bad team that gets lost in the shuffle. So, and then the Giants have played good football. I think I, I think I favor Washington more than anybody right now. I do. I just think with the quarterback, the run game, and the defense, uh, I, I I think they 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 might come out on top in this whole thing when all said and done. I'm not going to pick one team, but I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. Whoever wins tomorrow wins the division. You're going to go the with Cowboys that. Washington game. Yeah. Whoever I can see wins that. that game, they're going to come out of that. It's a big spot. Thirty million people are going to watch it, or at least thirty million TVs are going to be on. Whether you're watching it or not is a different issue. But it's got that shine. It's got that feel. It's got that glow. And I think that team is going to become the favorite to win and likely will win the division. They're going to carry something out of that into the final five weeks. So that's that's just my wild-ass guess because with this division – who knows? Giants have Chargers such a. It, oh, sorry. I was to say, Giants have such a uh, tough schedule. You know, even though they're playing football, that's why I just couldn't. I couldn't go there. Now, Washington's schedule is not very easy either. That's where it's. 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 This is not good football teams with tough schedules down the stretch. That's where it's hard to really like peg like who's going to win or do what or whatever else. And uh, I, I don't know. It's. It's. I can't believe the NFC East. What a horrible division this year. I still want to see how the Giants are after this Mark Colombo, Joe yeah, Judge right. ugliness from last week. Will it create an issue in the locker room? Is Joe Judge looking kind of funny at Jason Garrett, who brought Colombo with him 
to New York. Are there issues or is it all resolved? Time will tell. All right, the Chargers at number 29. They were at number 29 last week. They got no bump for beating the Jets. How dare you? Maximus Overdrive. I get that the Chargers are now the poster child of losing close games, but does that mean they're worthy of the number 29 spot? Is Anthony Lynn really the problem? I mean, I... Look around. I mean, where else would you put the Chargers? We can pull it up, Chris. You tell me where else you would put the Chargers, the number 29, based on the teams that are in front of them. Yeah. It's, we have it? No. Yeah, I got it. I'm I'm here. I'm with you. I don't know. You're right. I don't. It's hard to say, you know, the Cowboys, you know, yeah, okay, maybe. But you're right. I'm going to take the Lions over them slightly, the Eagles, the Texans, all of them. You're right. I mean, I, I have no problem with that, you know. Yeah, the Chargers, it's it's not great on defense. Special teams is some of the poorest in football, and they find ways to mismanage games as a coaching staff too. Last week was like one of their best jobs. You've heard me say it. I've been yelling about it on the podcast the last few weeks. Like, stop the bull crap. We're going to play through the run. The best thing you got going on your team is the number six pick in the draft who's a superstar and already one of the ten best quarterbacks in football. And you got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. Last week, they finally played through the pass game. It was passed first. Oh, wait, they're crap scared of our pass. Now we can run the ball just a little bit or whatever. But that, that, that to me, you know, with that quarterback, I'm excited about the Chargers in their future. Uh, what I just question is I hope Anthony Lynn can hang on and save his job through this and, and bear, you know, bear the fruits of what Justin Herbert can deliver into the future. And by the way, I dropped the Bengals down to number 11 because of the injury to Joe Burrow because without him, they have nothing. And also, I'm a little salty about the fact that the Bengals continue to put him in harm's way and didn't do enough to protect this guy who is the future of the franchise. The future is now murky because of the serious knee injury. Brandon Allen will start at quarterback reportedly for the Bengals this weekend, not Ryan Finley, who is the game day replacement for Burrow. And the Bengals also will bring in Kevin Hogan and Alex Magoo, McGaw, McWhatever, I don't know. He won't make the team, so we don't need to learn how to pronounce his name. Sorry, Alex's parents. But uh, who are these guys? Why don't they bring – if they're going to bring in this Alex McWhatever, where's Matt Sims in all this? Oh, that's over. Sorry, that ship has sailed, <laughs> uh, certainly. But, you know, it's a little concerning with Finley not, not being named the starter or playing. You know, he was – a mid-round draft pick two years ago, a guy that I thought had really a chance to be successful. One, I'm I'm certainly was wrong with my quarterback evaluation on him to where he got a chance last year and it was not good. And of course, he took over the game the other day and it was not good. So, uh, you know, when, when you're that kind of guy, mid-round draft pick, you've had two opportunities, things don't go well, man, you know, that you could find your way out of the league in a hurry uh, in that kind of scenario. I have been called many things many of which I've deserved to be called. One thing I am is a realist. And even though it would make a ton of sense to see what Colin Kaepernick could do, there's no way they're going to call him. It's over. It's done. That chapter is closed. But yeah. when when they're bringing in guys for tryouts whose name I can't pronounce because he hasn't been on my radar screen since he was a seventh-round pick of the Seahawks in 2017 and never did anything anywhere and is being pulled off the scrap heap for a tryout, it's hard not to think that a guy who at one point by Ron Jaworski was dubbed potentially the best of all time in 2013 – how does that? It, I, know, I, I know how, and I know why. Yeah, I know. It's just this is this is the latest brick in that wall of what the hell is going on here, and we know what's going on. Yeah, we know what's going on. It's over. I feel sad to say it. I mean, it really is. Uh, we know he got screwed over. There's no other way to say that, too. But yeah, the teams don't want to deal with it. It's been too long, and uh, I think that ship has sailed. All right, one more real quickly before we break. Defense yeah. On wants to know which team has moved the most this season. I need to pay this one off because somebody actually, and I assume it was Pete, went back and looked to see what the progression was. Oh, well, you know, Pete, he can't have, even count, so we're going to trust that, him. Well, on that's this true. That's true. <laughs> I'm waiting for one of these mistakes to go in my favor. But anyway, the, the Buccaneers have gone from 6 to 10 to 7 to 15, all the way up to 4, currently at number 13. Cardinals have bounced around from 20 as high as 6. Browns have been as low as 32. I was mad about how oh my gosh, Browns were, were in week one. <laughs> yeah, but they, they've been as high as number 11. And the Vikings have been 
love me, love me not. 12 down to 30, currently at number 18. But uh, thanks, Pete, for doing something I never would have done, which is looking at more than one week of the power rankings and trying to figure out where they all fit. But, you know, for the most part, we know who the best teams are. There isn't a huge nucleus of them, but we know who they are. After that, who the heck knows? And it changes a lot in any given week, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, and I, I sit here because I like to play this type of game at the end of the year. You know, we get to this point of the year, you start to go like, you know, out of those teams that you got maybe in your top 14, 15. I mean, how many of them do we think can actually go to the Super Bowl and win it? Like, right. You got the Bills at number four. I understand that. I'm not trying to push back against that. But I just I get interested in like, do I really think the Bills could go to a Super Bowl? Can they win a game or two in the playoffs? I think so, but I don't know if I look at them as Super Bowl caliber. Where I think teams like the Rams behind them have a little bit more of a Super Bowl caliber type team than the Bills do. You know, so I think that's always an interesting exercise as I look at it here because yeah, the Dolphins, the Cardinals, those are two teams I look at and go, yeah, I get where they're ranked. I understand that. I don't think they're legit Super Bowl contenders in a year like this. Like, just look at it quickly, Mike. Like, how many you think are there? Your top three, sure. You know, do you put the Colts in that category? Would you do that? Would you put them in the Super I think Bowl the, or I playoff think the category? Colts, I, I think the Colts, uh, they, they on any given Sunday, they could beat anyone if they have things fall their way. So, yes. Yeah, okay. I would. With that defense, they're getting a lot off yeah. line. I get it. You know, I think we both look at the Packers as Seahawks as Super Bowl worthy. The Titans as Super Bowl worthy. Yeah, the Dolphins and Cardinals, I don't feel that way. The Ravens. I, I don't mean, think the Packers are. I don't think the Packers are. You don't think they are either? I think, I think the Packers are going to step into a buzzsaw before they get to the Super Bowl, just I, like last year. I could see that. I could see the only way I – the Packers, to me, are a team that the, the matchups have to fall right. That's how I kind of look at it in, in some ways, to where maybe if they got a, uh, a, a you know wild card game, they can win, you know, whoever that is. You know, they play Seattle or Tampa or Arizona. Rodgers going to be able to throw the ball in those groups, and, you know, who knows what happens. But, yeah, they need a, a favorable matchup, I think, in the next rounds. And you're right. I don't know if that happens there. I'm not going to count them out. I'm going to keep them in the Super Bowl contender list. But I, I, I don't feel real strong about it like you. Yeah, I, I, I think – well, I, I look, we, we love compelling storylines. We love upsets. I want Steelers-Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And as of right now, I would sign on for Saints-Rams rematch – of the non-call of pass interference in the NFC Championship in New Orleans. Let's bring them all back. Let's do it again. Saints fans wanted a do-over. They may get a do-over under pretty different circumstances, but with a lot of the same people involved. Let's take a break. When we return, some Thanksgiving game props when uh, we continue the discussion right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
it was a difficult time, but you know, just to be able to overcome that and just show everybody that you can overcome any obstacle. With me having a spinal cord injury, I feel like that inspired way more people than just actually being a football player. It actually let people understand that I relate also with what they're going through. Ryan Chazier had a very promising career derailed three years oh, ago man. by a spinal cord injury. Tony Dungy interviews him halftime of the uh, Thanksgiving night game. You won't want to miss that. Uh, all we right, got, uh, Tariko that, and Dungy on Thursday night, right? We got no. A- it's tar- no. It's Tariko and Collinsworth. Oh, Thursday, on Thursday. night, Sunday. Tariko and Dungy on Sunday. Gotcha. Got to so, get my uh, get, get yeah. my stuff straight there. So that's good. Good. Cool to see. Three games tomorrow, Texans going to Detroit, followed by Washington-Dallas, and then the nightcap, the Steelers and the Ravens. Some props for the games. Most passing yards for the day, Deshaun Watson or the field? Ooh. Any of the other quarterbacks? Well, I mean, to me, it's that game, though. It's Deshaun Watson or Matt Stafford. It's one of those two. I mean, first off, both defenses can't defend the pass, so there's issues there. Um but you can't pick the lion. I, I'm going to Sean Watson. I'm taking him over the field. I am the way he played last week, the really the way he's played here as of late. And, you know, they seem to have gotten something together on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I'm going to take him against that lions team. That, this is the kind of game Deshaun Watson. It might be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think he could take over, you know, it's just not enough talent in that front to contain him and do things just like we saw last week, a little with the Patriots. And then his throwing is as good as it gets. So I'm going to go with him. When you're not really playing for anything, this becomes kind of a bowl game, right? Yeah, it does. Thanksgiving Day, right? Lifelong dream. This is the only thing that still stands out on the schedule other than sliding into spoiler mode in December, which yeah, yeah. it's not as this fun as bigger. feeling like you're in a big right. spot on a big day and you want to perform for everybody who's home watching. That's right. And and I'm, I, I want to disagree with you just – to make it interesting, but I'm looking at the other names and it's like, yeah, how? who can I credibly say would right. have more passing yards than Deshaun Watson given the circumstances they're going to to face on Thursday? All right, the most rushing yards. Let's do the same thing. Ezekiel Elliott of the Cowboys or the field? Well, this is a little more complex here. First off, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and that that Washington defense, come on now. I mean, that, that Washington front is the real deal. I, you know, I don't know if... You know, just the the common fan, the Washington defense is a top 10 defense in football. It's pretty damn special that way. Uh, I I think, no, I'm not, I'm going with the field on this one. I'm not going to pick Ezekiel. First off, I think the running back on the other side of the ball for the the Washington team could have a big day. And Antonio Gibson against that that Dallas defense. And I'm not going to forget Gus Edwards and the Ravens either. I mean, let's not forget Gus Edwards and the Ravens and all them, they like what was it 250 60 yards the last time they played Pittsburgh as far as running the ball so I could see him having a big day too um so I'm going with the field on this one I'm not going with Zeke yeah I am too and it may be some names we're not even thinking about you just never know who's going to pop up and be the star on Thanksgiving it could be Lamar Jackson yeah it definitely could be you're right there's no doubt no doubt okay most receiving yards for Thanksgiving, Will Fuller at Detroit, Terry McLaurin at Dallas, or Deontay Johnson against the Ravens. I guess there are others that would be candidates. Let's just focus on those three. Yeah, all three. I mean, all three are going to have unbelievable opportunities. Uh, that's for sure. And, you know, the, the the football team, Washington, you know, their main focus in the past game is to get Terry McLaurin the ball. He's the only guy that really scares you of their group. Fuller is going to have matchups. Detroit plays a lot of man-to-man. And Deontay Johnson against Baltimore, man, he's going to get a lot of man-to-man on an island with Marlon Humphrey or or Marcus Peters type looks either as well. I'm going to go with Will Fuller. I am. Um, I want to. Terry McLaurin is the best of the bunch. McLaurin is one of those guys that really probably needs to be talked about as a top ten receiver in football. Uh, but I guess I get scared of that just a little bit because Alex Smith can be. Not the best deep ball thrower, not be aggressive that way. And I think I'll go with Fuller because of Watson and that poor Lions defense. Fuller, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I can't put, I can't just, with Fuller, I'm, I'm just always worried about when he's going to get injured. I'll, I'll go McLaurin 
Just because uh, he's on both of my fantasy teams, not that anyone cares. But well, I'm always pulling for Terry McLaurin this year. Well, yeah, I mean, he's fun to watch. He really is. I mean, he's he's one of those guys like we talk about Tyree Kill and DK. I mean, there's there's three rockets up his butt. It's not two. It's three. I mean, he can fly. And, you know, you look at Deontay Johnson, what he's doing for the Steelers, you know, to your point with what you just said with the running backs, with the Steelers, it's hard. You know, you don't know in a game like this. You know, last time, what Chase Claypool didn't didn't he had a, a handful of touchdowns against the Ravens? You know, could, Chase Claypool could be the guy. You just don't know who that's going to be in Pittsburgh right now. It's kind of what makes them cool. They have a few guys who you know can step up to the plate on a given week. I just have to ask what? because I had heard the phrase "rocket up his butt" before before working with you. It's a football term. You're the one that's expanded it to two or three. Are you on like a star system? They're like, what's the maximum? <laughs> I is think it four. Is it five or is it just no? Three? I think three. Three is only for a special group. That's like you know the Daryl Green, Deion Sanders, Terry McLaurin, you know Tyree Kill, the special guys that you'd go. They could be the fastest in football. Those guys have three rockets up their butt. Guys like DK Metcalf, maybe, and Jalen Ramsey, they only got two. Even though they can fly, it's only two. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I understand that, I'll be on the lookout for the players who qualify for the triple, triple rocket triple in the uh, in and or up the butt. All right. Which team will score the most points on Thanksgiving? Points bet has the over-unders at Houston 27, Detroit 24, Washington 21.5, Dallas 24.5, Baltimore 19 and a half and Pittsburgh 24 and a half. Who do you think will score the most? I, I mean, I, I hate to say it again. It's just, I, I look at Houston as being the team that's going to put up points uh, more, more than not. Yeah. I, I have a hard time not going anywhere else. I just can't trust Dallas quite yet that way. Washington, we know they play a certain style and then Baltimore and Pittsburgh with as good as their defenses are and things like that. You know, it, it's hard. So there, yeah, I'm going to go with Houston once again. I don't want to give in too much to recency bias, although I seem to all the time. But if the Lions were just shut out 20 to nothing by a former Houston Roughnecks F XFL quarterback, <laughs> right. I think the current Houston Texans NFL quarterback will have his way with that team. And it just feels like the Lions currently are teetering a little bit. So I agree with you. I think the Texans will score the most points. It's amazing the superlatives we're heaping on a team that has a record of 3-7 and seven and seems to be mired in dysfunction. That's what beating the Patriots will do for you. All of a sudden, people view your franchise differently. I'm going to go off the board. I got one more prop. Okay. Who? Okay, tonight, who smashes more fruit and or gourds is it mccarthy with watermelons or is it ron rivera with pumpkins he suggested yesterday he may smash some pumpkins tonight to get his guys fired up as an answer to what mike mccarthy did over the weekend when he went gallagher with a sledgehammer on watermelons oh uh so you want to know who's gonna do more there who's gonna who's, do more damage who's tonight do more to get damage. the team fired up rivera or mccarthy i'm going with mccarthy i'm going with mccarthy here i think mccarthy is like you know, probably at a boiling point anyways, with just all the crap that's gone on. Well, yeah, I'm going to still go with him. Just trying to get his team motivated to play all those type of things. I'll go with him smashing more watermelons. Oh God. I forgot. Jack Del Rio is currently on the Washington staff. Please. Hey, Ron, if, if, if he brings in a tree stump, tell him, get that thing the hell out of here. No chopping wood in the locker room. That did not end well. If you recall, Chris, Chris Hansen, punter for the Jaguars, decided after Del Rio put a tree stump, a real tree stump in the locker room with an axe in it, inviting the players to chop wood as a literal example right. of the keep chopping wood mantra for the season. Chris Hansen, the punter of the team, chopped his leg with the the uh uh, axe. How does that uh, didn't happen? chop it off? I know. But uh, <laughs> he did a serious laceration to his leg while trying to chop the the uh, tree like stump. really. So how do you do please. that? I, I got to get the scouting report on that. We need to maybe call Chris Hansen. He seems like a good guy. He might give us the actual. I mean, how do you miss this? I don't know. I don't even know. How well, do you get in the position to hit your own leg with an axe? You may be surprised by this, but I've swung an axe or two in my time. Yeah. It has a lot of weight at the end, and right. once it goes, it goes, and you can't stop it. 
So you think he just lost control and something like that? I think that he just happened. lost control of it, and it, it swings like a pendulum, or as you used to say, pendulum, from your wrist. Sounds good. And it just goes. <laughs> okay. It just goes. So, uh, right. but yeah, I've, I've, I respect I respect the power of the axe, and you always swing the axe away from you and downward because it will come back if you give it the chance to do so. It's almost like a pendulum and a boomerang all in one. All right, on that note, let's take a break. When we return, the matchup draft, because we're, we're not going to be doing a live show tomorrow. There, there still will be content somewhere, somehow, but we're going to do our Week 12 matchup draft today, and we'll do that next here on PFT Live. I probably am eligible to go get a haircut now. I just don't want to. Why? I, I don't go. want to. Do no, something, please. I, I, you know what? I kind of like it. It's getting a little shaggy. It's proven to the world to look that it's like not Macy. a toupee. You're starting to look like your That's dog. Good. It's the same color Macy's, in there. <laughs> Macy's cute. That's an abomination. Kill that thing in the middle. My goodness. Uh, dog show coming up. Thanksgiving Day at noon Eastern. Can't wait to see that. Can't wait to let Macy see the dogs and bark. You know, she's never quite realized that there's a studio up here. She gets out into our garage. There's steps. She's never put two and two together Mm. that I could go up those steps. And I dread the day that she figures it out because she's going to slip through the five hole. She's going to come running up the steps and she's going to end up on camera one day. But uh, it'd be kind of fun. That would be fun. I'd like that. Yet to happen. Uh, Tomorrow, though, plenty of dogs on camera and you can watch on your TV or however else you consume broadcast content nowadays. There's so many different ways to do it. All right. Week 12, most important matchups, Chris. I am asking you the question. Here it is. The Lions have 37 wins on Thanksgiving, and the Cowboys have 31. Who has the third most wins on Thanksgiving? And I think I know the answer to this one before it's even typed in. Third most wins on Thanksgiving. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'll go. I don't know this. I'm going to go the Washington football team. Ah, it's the Bears. I was. That would have been my other guess. Yeah. That would have. I was thinking the Packers. I was thinking the Packers, but same idea because you would have played the Lions. That's what I mean. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking of the teams that are in the division with the Lions or the Cowboys and have been around for a long time. That's why I went with them. But okay. All right. Good. Go ahead. Get your first pick out of the way. All right, I'm up, and there are plenty of good ones to choose from. I'm going to start with Lamar Jackson against the Pittsburgh defense, especially since he is undermanned in his running game. It's only his, his what, what, what is it? Is it his third career start against Pittsburgh? Remember last time, yeah, yeah we, he only third. had one start yeah. against Pittsburgh, and it, and it wasn't great even though they won in overtime with Mason Rudolph and, and Duck Hodges both playing in that game that the Ravens won in overtime. This is his second crack this season at the Steelers. They outplayed the Steelers last time around but lost to them. What Lamar Jackson does or doesn't do against that Pittsburgh defense is going to go a long way toward determining whether or not the Ravens win because they're not going to have J.K. Dobbins, they're not going to have Mark Ingram, and who knows who else they may not have between now and tomorrow night, Chris. No, you're right. It's a, it's a big game for the Ravens. There's a, a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson, definitely. I mean, we're, we're, they're, they're under a microscope in there in Baltimore right now. With the way they lost last week, you know, the Harbaugh-Vrabel thing, the COVID-19 short week, holy cow. So I have a hard time thinking Lamar Jackson won't – he'll have to play phenomenal football tomorrow night for them to beat the Steelers, you know, on the road on Thanksgiving night. All right. I I mean, I I don't usually do this, but for the sake of this game, I will. I mean, because of Mahomes versus Brady, I got to go there. And I know they're not on the field at the same time. But this might be the last time we see them on the field together uh, at, you know, in a, in a matchup, in a competitive football game like this. So that's big. And, of course, with the stories that are surrounding the Bucks right now and, you know, just a roller coaster of Brady and the offense, um, the Chiefs being the Kings in the Super Bowl, everybody expects to be the Super Bowl team again this year, all of those things. Uh, I just thought, I find this a fascinating matchup. And I look at, you know, Kansas City, Again, they're showing their versatility on the offensive side of the ball. They can pressure the quarterback. What's that do to Brady? And what kind of answers does Todd Bowles have for Mahomes and their deep passing game? Um, 
I, I think that's going to be that, – that to me is probably the marquee game of the weekend. I'm very excited to watch that. Yeah, oh, that one's going to be great, and the Buccaneers have a chance to get back on the horse. They have not fared well in big spots this year, and if they lose that one, they fall to 7-5. and five. They get their bye week after that, then they got a four-game push to try to get to the postseason. I've got several to choose from here. The one that fascinates me the most, the story of the week last week that we've forgotten about so far this week, Taysom Hill is the quarterback of the Saints. Well, we saw what the Broncos did to Tua Tonga-Vailoa, so – Taysom Hill versus Vic Fangio, seasoned veteran, grizzled defensive coach. There's enough film out there of Taysom Hill from the past four years that maybe Fangio can figure out what to do to confuse him. We saw early in the game last week, Taysom Hill took a drop, held onto the ball a little too long and got confused. I think with Taysom Hill, you always got to keep him on the move. I think decisions have to come quickly. And I think that if the defense takes away that first thing he wants to do on a given play, that could be enough to get him to freeze and then maybe you can blow the whole thing up. But whatever they did to Tua, adjust it, focus it, see if they can get Taysom Hill to fall into the same trap where maybe he gets benched during the game. We saw it happen last week where Tua comes out for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who knows? Maybe if the Broncos shut down the Saints' offense, we see some Jameis Winston on Sunday. But that, that's a fascinating matchup to me. Can Taysom Hill make it 2-0 and against not not one of the best defenses in football, but one of the best defensive minds in football. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's Fangio and his game plans are always impressive. He never gets like really exposed or anything like that. Defending Taysom Hill is a lot harder than defending Tua, though. I, I'm I'm sorry to say that. That's where it's going to be, you know. And of course, the Saints' offense in general is better than Miami too. I was really impressed with what I saw from Taysom Hill yesterday. Watching that film back, you know, again, it wasn't perfect, like you said, but damn. You know, made some unbelievable throws, had some throws that were in normal rhythm, drop back, and you went, ooh, that looks good. You know, really only had one dicey, careless decision down there that uh, interception dropped around the, the, the goal line. But, you know, that threat of their running game, because it can be dominant, and then the threat now of him being able to run be also behind that run game, it, it makes him tough. It really does. And I like their little play action, let receivers get down the field, and he can run if he's got to and make it simple. So uh, I'm with you, but I'm expecting the Saints win there all the way. All right, my next one, I'll go to Derrick Henry versus the Colts run seven. Hey, it's it's we know Tennessee is going through Derrick Henry. Not that it's got to be 100 yards every week, but anytime they start to get to 80 or 90, it's then you go to it's been effective enough. It's been effective enough to now where the play action pass to AJ Brown and Corey Davis is going to be even more effective and gash you that way. The Colts are one of those defenses where they might be able to go, oh yeah, you no, know, you've only you've run it 23 times and you only got 62 yards. That could be a very real thing. Uh, and that to me, this is not about a hundred yard game. It's more about does he get to around that 90 number? Then I'd go, ooh, the Titans are doing okay and they're going to probably win the game. But if he's down in the 70s, high 60s, something like that, I'd go they're in trouble, and the Colts are probably going to win the football game. I'll be excited to see that. Yeah, that's another great game this weekend. The Titans very anxious to get another crack at the Colts because the Titans were up 17-13, a couple of special teams miscues. Yep. Next thing you know, it's 27-17 Indianapolis. When I get ready for this segment, I look at – the full slate of games, and I just wait for things to emerge. Yeah. And some of the games you look at and you say, there's really nothing there. And when I saw Raiders at Falcons, it's like there's there's really nothing here. And then it, I remember, I remembered. John Gruden got fired in what essentially was a palace coup. They went to Raheem Morris and made sure he wanted the job before they fired John Gruden. Now, for the first time, it's Gruden versus Raheem Morris. And you know damn well that John Gruden is going to remember it, he's going to be motivated by it, and he's going to try to hang 50 on the Falcons if he can because of it. So, you know, we haven't had any snide comments yet. Maybe we'll have them after the game. But this Gruden versus Raheem thing is going to have some potential heat because 
I think Gruden's probably still pissed off that he feels like he got stabbed in the back by a guy who was on his staff. Well, yeah, and I listen. I know Raheem. There's no way he stabbed anybody in the back. That's just not what well, he does. I, they came I to know. him. They came to him and right. saw him. I, I, well, they, because they you know knew, what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're right. I they know. made sure he's going to take the job before right. they fired well, John. I think they period. knew they were going to have a tough conversation with John, and that if it went the wrong way, that they might have to let him go, and that's why they had had to do that. But either way, you're right, and John's going to say things to his team and get them motivated he'll, and go. And he'll right convince this week. himself. That he he will. He'll convince himself against Stabbing Freaking guy back. stole my, my job. Freaking guy. <laughs> I made my family have to move, you know? Yes, he will. That's what that's what competitors do. I have a pick yeah. left, right? Bakatiari. Yes. <laughs> I can never say his name. First Khalil yeah. Mack. Because I just think that not only that matchup, but the pass protection for Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't expect them to be able to run the ball. If that front four can get to Rodgers, Chicago can make that game interesting. If Bakatiari and that offensive line can handle the front four without extra help and doing things like that, then Green Bay will run away with it. But I think a lot of pressure on Mack in that front to disrupt that game in Rodgers. Extra syllable in Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari! And, and two of the highest paid players at their positions. Bakhtiari, with the contract that he signed a couple of weeks ago, makes him the highest paid offensive I played with history. his brother. What's worse is that I can't say his damn name. I mean, I played with his brother. That's how an adult I am sometimes. Jeez. Bakhtiari. Let's take <laughs> a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. We're splitting up the picks this weekend from Thanksgiving and then the rest of the games. Everyone plays this weekend. No buys. 16 games. Tonight at 5 Eastern on Peacock, we're doing the Thanksgiving game picks as part of PFTPM. No shows tomorrow. Sorry. Enjoy the day. Watch the football. Spend time with your family. Eat a lot of food. Friday at 9 Eastern on NBCSN will be the Week 12 Picks show, which we're actually going to tape today, which making picks on Wednesday. It's hard enough making them on Thursday. It's going to be even harder today. I know. First world problems. Also available on the PFTPM podcast and Chris Sims on Button podcast. That's our lineup for the rest of the week. We are going to take a little time off. The crew is going to get a little time off. They need a break from us, Chris. And tomorrow it's time to wear the the stretchy pants and uh, but wear your big Kyler Murray jersey. No, so you'll have plenty, plenty of room to grow tomorrow <laughs> as you gorge yourself and uh, and have your giant plate of turkey and mashed potatoes. And that's all you do. You do turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing. That's it. That's it. Well, I mean, like I, I, you know, I'll get up in the morning, have a breakfast, and then we're a little bit later on the Thanksgiving meal than probably most families. You know, first what time. Well, we're gonna, my, my father has to work, right? So for CBS, he'll be doing that Lions game, uh, and he'll probably have to do something post-game. So we'll wait for him to get to our house, and then we'll have it. So I'm going to say it's probably be 5 o'clock before we finally eat Thanksgiving dinner, around there. But uh, So I'll snack in between and, you know, maybe have an adult beverage with the, the, the hors d'oeuvres and things like that that my wife will have out, and then I'm going to go hard. Once we get to around four thirty, five o'clock, I can't wait. Favorite? Yeah, we do the usual two o'clock, uh, two o'clock meal, which which I try to fast until then. Right, I try to save it all up until because it's look, I can eat breakfast any day. It's 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 only Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter when you can go hog wild, which I plan to do tomorrow. Yeah, it's all. It's my favorite holiday of the year. I love Thanksgiving. I mean, family football. You know, the cold weather outside. And I don't have to worry about buying damn gifts for people and that. I mean, come on. It's a great day. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Everybody have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. We'll see you soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
of a detour.